Testicles one two, testicles one two. Hey y'all, what's cracking like? This is your soul plane show first speaking, Captain Antoine Mack. Welcome aboard NWA Flight 069 from the 310 to the 212. It's time about it's time you know about to get this going, y'all. I'm about to be hitting them switches and getting this bitch bumping and jumping. So screw your shit on tight and enjoy the flight. <laughs> what is going on, everybody? Welcome, 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 welcome to the Opinionated Brother Podcast. <laughs> welcome to the Opinionated Brother Podcast with your boy Devontae, episode 69. Let me just say that I am a fool. Um, I thought I had those lines together, but it's okay because that's one of my favorite lines from uh from any movie, any scene of a movie. Like, that's one of my favorite lines. And that's from Soul Plane. If you've never seen Soul Plane, you need to go watch Soul Plane. Um, because that line right there is probably one of my favorite lines of all time. Period. Like, we can argue. But that's probably one of my favorite lines of all time. Because it was so smooth. So smooth. Snoop Dogg had it to a T. Like, so screw your shit on tight. And enjoy the flight. I said, uh-oh. What 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 captain you know on the flight has done that shit? I'm just saying. But like I said, welcome, 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 welcome again to the Opinionated Brother Podcast. We are here for another week. Um, how's everybody's week been? You know, I hope everybody's week has been great. Um, my week has been a lot of liberation. My God, a lot of liberation this week. Um, I didn't go to class this week because I really didn't need to. <laughs> um, but um, took a took a personal day on Monday. I usually have classes on Monday from six to nine, and uh, took a personal day Monday. I was like, you know what? I don't feel like going to class today. I was like, you know what? Today I'm not going to pay for my education. I said, you know what? Today I'm just going to relax. Today I'm going to clean my house. Today I'm going to get some things together in order for the podcast, for the company, for the brand, for the network. Going to get some things together and. You know, revamping and getting together, uh, revamping and redesigning. Uh, well, not even redesigning, but just revamping uh, my blog, which is coming back in March. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Um, so literally this week has just been liberation. Like I put in a two weeks at one of my jobs um, because honestly, I'm at a point in my life where I'm choosing happiness over money. And that goes back to the integrity versus money uh, episode. If you didn't listen to it, um, go back and check it out. But um, I've been staying at this job, um, particularly since uh, August, since I got hired. And you know when an environment is just not for you, right? You, I, I feel like logically, logically, right? You know when an environment is not for you. You understand what I'm saying? And you know when you're at a job where the people that supervise you really don't fuck with you. In any, in, and I mean in any shape, size, or form. You know what I'm saying? Like, they really just didn't fuck with me from the day I got there. You know what I'm saying? And it, it didn't feel um, like a work environment. It didn't even feel business environment. You know what I'm saying? Even even in a business environment, um, you know, it didn't, it didn't feel... It didn't feel great, you know, and I remember just not having it on a personal tip. You know, I, I'm looking at my soups. And I'm like, I, these you you are three people that I don't want to try to be personal with because 
I can already tell you, you, you are, and you've already damn near told me that you guys are not the personable ones. One is too damn personable and try to, you know, do a lot. You know what I'm saying for me. And for me, it's like when I get into a new space, a new job, and when you do too much to try to attract me as a black man, first of all, as a black human being, first of all, but then as a black man, it's just like, stop. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would rather you be your corny white self, your, you know, um, uh, like, be who you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and like I said, I have mostly white um co-workers and supervisors in my office so i'm like i i, I tell them I, I told my soup off bands up, up at my other job i said listen i need y'all just come being real you know what i'm saying we're in a climate where racism is like that you know what i'm saying and i need y'all to be on p's and q's like i i, I know y'all don't know every little bit of thing but respect has to be a factor it has to be the beneficial factor it has to be the important factor and i said as long as you give me um as long as you give me that respect, then that respect is will be given. And 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 I think that was an understanding uh, at my first job, and now the second job, literally just putting in my two weeks was a liberation. Uh, what I do not tolerate at corporate America or or in corporate jobs or in desk jobs, whatever job you are in, I don't care at this point. I don't tolerate disrespect. Um, there's a way to talk to somebody if they mess up or anything. And I've been a manager. I've been in that high seat position. Um, there's a way to talk to people and you do not come off disrespectful. You don't talk to them disrespectful. You sit down with them and you have a constructive conversation and you and, and you have communication. What I don't like about um, about some jobs and, and about some supervisors is the fact that y'all don't know how to communicate. Like I had it out with my whole soup about literally constructive communication, because if you have a feeling, if you have something to say to me, I'm not one of your 20, 19, 18 undergrad freshmen that are, um, that you're teaching or that are working here. I'm a 25 year old, um, man. You understand what I'm saying? I'm in the next text. I'm in the the next bracket, not the 18 to 24, the 25 to 34. Now I know you in the um the 36 to 54 range or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But listen, I'm not that. You understand what I'm saying? I'm an adult. I'm a young adult who needs to be treated as such. I treat you with the same respect. You treat me with that. So the fact that I have to sit here and tell you to tell me what's wrong, the fact that I have to treat you like a child. And that you are the one acting like a child where you want to have tally sheets. Supervisors, managers, whatever, y'all need to get rid of them fucking tally sheets. Leave the tally sheets alone. Like, if you need something to, like, why are white folk, white supervisors so, so afraid to talk to their black um, co-workers or even the 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 african-american or the black people that they um, supervise? Because what, you think we're just aggressive and we're going to pop off? Yeah, we're going to pop off, of course, because you have a tally sheet, because you didn't have the balls or your or, or the cojones, okay, to come and say something to me. And I went off on Sue. <laughs> I went off on her, and, and that's an alias, you feel me? But I went off on her, you know, we'll call her Susan for now, because that's the, that's the, that's the, you know, the universal co-worker supervisor name if you in. You know, if you're in corporate America, Susan, you know what I'm saying? So, um, 
literally, it was just like me and her were just having a constructive conversation. I told her, I said, if y'all had a tally sheet, one, y'all should have never sat there and tallied. Y'all should have came to me as adults the way y'all are, right? Because y'all all are darts, am I not correct? And and I have no problem saying this, right? People have problems speaking up against their supervisors who are white of the other complexion. And I have no problem doing that. Like, here's the thing. I'm going to choose me over you any day. That's point blank, period. I'm at a point in my life where money, like, yeah, finances are ooh. But finances to me right now aren't ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm great. I'm good. And the fact that you're making it seem like I need you? Oh, no. You, I, I learned very early on when I got out of college that jobs will make it seem like you need them and do it in any which way. You understand what I'm saying? But honestly, when you quit a job that you know you should have been left a long time ago, because I should have been left a long time ago. You know what I'm saying? Like, for real. Me and my my bros talked about it, and they was like, bro, we so glad you're out of there now. You know what I'm saying? Like, we so glad. Thank God that shit was toxic. And I was like, you know what? You're right. It's been too damn long. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I was like, I'm going to try to keep it until the summertime and just work full time at, you know, my um, my one job during the summer, you know, keep it full time. You know, we already had an arrangement. But, you know, God, I, I just feel like, you know, feeling God is it, it was something I was just saying that day after that conversation, you know, we're just putting in two weeks. I got you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got you. You good. You already know you good. Don't even stress about it. You feel me? So that's really been my week, a week of liberation, a week of just really just re-getting everything together because I feel like spring is in the air. Spring is really in the air, even though Michigan is getting a probably hit with another polar vortex this, uh, this upcoming week uh, with more snow and shit like that. The wind is blowing like somebody about to blow into somebody DMs and say, hey, hey, stranger, how you doing? Like, it's ridiculous. You know what I'm saying? But I hope everybody else has had a good week. Um, comment on your week's down at the bottom. Let me know how your week's been. But honestly, you know, this week in the media, in the stories, in the news, in the headlines, in the everything has been wild. I have gotten so many stories from y'all that have been <laughs> funny. And then they've been like, they made me raise an eyebrow. And then I've had some that are just like, what the fuck? You know what I'm saying? So we're definitely in the first half going to get we're just going to get into all of this because I have so, 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 so much to get into. And then in the second half of the show, we are getting into the last show of Black History Month. And honestly, I want to go into, um, I want to go into basically, uh, why can't we as black people collectively, right? Collectively, how can I say this? How can we as black people, how can we? Not even why can't we? How can we? And maybe why can't we too? You know what I'm saying? Why can't we and how can we be more inclusive about bringing down discrimination and racism in different sectors? And here's what I mean. Michael Eric Dyson was on the um, the Breakfast Club. Shout out to him. He is one person that I, that is one man. That is a man that I definitely want to meet. Um, I want to read 
about two of his books this uh, this year. There's two books that I want to read by him. Um, there's actually a book um, about Queen uh, about Queen B, yeah, Beyonce, um, that he wrote. Um, in the book, he wrote a, a excerpt in the book about how Queen B is better than Michael Jackson right now. Has took the throne from Michael Jackson, and I know y'all have heard me on this on 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 the show say um, that before. Like I really, even though Michael has is probably my favorite artist of all time. Period. Um, a good a, a top second to him, or even right there with him is Beyonce in terms of. Culture shifting, performances, her music, her blackness, everything of that sort. He wrote that in the excerpt. And um, he was on The Breakfast Club. And he was really just talking about why are we, um, why can't we as black people just sit here and try to break down barriers in different sectors, right? So I think Jay Ellis or I think one of the Duke basketball players um, was on the Blackfish Club before that. And he talked about how he was, you know, called Uncle Tom because he was at Duke and, you know, he was playing basketball and breaking down racial barriers there. But to the to the outside world, you're Uncle Tom, you're 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 the white man's, you know, you're the white man's man. You know what I'm saying? So I want to get into that for this final um, episode of, of, of Black History Month. I want to try to. I want to understand where there's a disconnect between trying to understand racism in just one form, right? Because from what I look at, from what I see, we, from what I see, I understand racism in all forms, right? They're in all sectors. They're in the medical field. They're in the corporate, um, corporate world. They're in the educational um sector they're they're in every sector you understand what i'm saying so when a black person is in a different sector and it becomes the first and is or um one of my 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 good friends or associates who 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 happens to be black becomes a nurse or owns their own business or becomes an or goes into the medical field or a lawyer or any sector I give them a lot more props. Why? Because they're going to be thrown a lot more um, obstacles in there. But I guess the question for me is, why do we as black people down those people who go into, I guess, the, 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 the white people land and try to sit here and do better in the terms of us, right? So we're going to get into that in the second half. Um, So let's jump right into this because I'm looking at my notes and we just we just had a lot to get into. Um, So let's start off by saying rest in peace to T.I.'s sister, Precious. My God. Now. I have watched T.I. like I've grew up with T.I. Right. I've, now, if y'all know me, I've, I've never been the biggest rap fan. Right. I've, I've always been a, a hip hop fan, mind you, because I feel like there's a there's a difference. Um, I've been a hip hop fan, but I've never really been a rap fan. Right. I've always loved the music, the music behind hip hop, the lyrical content behind hip hop. You understand what I'm saying? Not the so much swiping on the booty, you know what I'm saying, chains and glimmer and glamour. I was never really about that, but the lyrical content of hip hop, the the expression of hip hop in different forms too, from 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 
New York to Atlanta to California to Detroit. You understand what I'm saying? Like I was, I love the lyrical content and the different spaces hip hop grew in. You understand what I'm saying? Even, you know, even though hip hop started in New York, just seeing the transition and the different combinations and uh, uh, of sounds that went into different sectors of hip hop. You understand what I'm saying? So when I heard T.I.T.I. and Lil Wayne were the first two rappers that I really, really, really got into heavy, the first song, the first rap song that I fucked with was whatever you like. You can have whatever you like. I said you can have whatever you like. Okay, like that was my shit. That was my shit. And I think that came out in 06. Like I was, mind you, I grew up on R&B. Okay, back, I told y'all, I grew up on Arkells. I grew up on um, John B., the OJs. I grew up with the 90s R&B. My mama and my grandma and my auntie had me listening to the OJs, the Temptations, Diana Ross, the Supremes, uh, uh, even the Five Heartbeats, my nigga. I thought that was a whole group. <laughs> you feel me? So, T.I. was, for me, T.I. was like, damn, he 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 was my first doorway into hip-hop for real so i was like all right bet. you feel me so that's he was the 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 igniter for me the spark to spark to 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 really spark my interest in hip-hop and and i'm still studying it to this day um and i've been watching him through you know going through um his incarceration and everything and uh watching you know family hustle I've been watching that ever since it came on, like 2011, 2012, since he got out of jail. You understand what I'm saying? So Precious, his sister, has been on, you know, has been with him every step of the way. I think she was about, I think T.I. was about 40 or maybe late 30s, early 40s. And I think she was about 65, 66, late middle 60s or early uh, to middle 60s. And um, man, she, she passed away. Uh, I don't, I don't want to get the story wrong, right? I don't want to get the story wrong, but I think, I believe she, um, I think it was like a car accident. Um, but like I said, I'm not for sure. Um, because I don't, I don't know if they actually put what happened up. I just know that when T.I. put Precious's picture up, I know all he said was, you know, she, uh, she's been hospital, she's been hospitalized right now. And um, prayers is up right now, and I just knew everybody was throwing prayers, and I was like, man, because precious was precious is that auntie, you know what I'm saying? And 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 in our black community, we have so many aunties that's not our aunties that are aunties, you know what I'm saying? Like you are gonna have your mamas that aren't your mamas, your aunties that aren't your aunties, because that's just how we are as a black community. We're very very loving black women as as a whole. Y'all give love. Probably where love don't even need to be given, but y'all give that love. That's why I will always have a special place in my heart for you. And Precious, Precious was literally one of those OG aunties on the TV screen that did not hold nothing back. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know how a lot of these reality shows will literally, you know, maybe have a script or two or whatnot. No, this was the OG auntie. I can feel like T.I. just said, go with it. You know what I'm saying? Just just, just go with it. And she, and I feel like every time you see her on the TV screen, she just make you laugh. You know what I'm saying? Like, I would laugh. Just, just her energy was just big. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's, it's only a few people that I can say through the TV screen where your energy, 
You know what I'm saying? When you come on, your energy is just boom. And her energy was just boom. It was just solid. You felt that auntie mentality. You 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 just felt it. You know what I'm saying? And you didn't even have to know her for real. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't know. You know what I'm saying? Like you didn't have to know. And it was it, it kind of it, it, it. I think it, it it kills you. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, first of all, my my heart and condolences go out to Ti and all his family. First of all, um, and. Cause I know that was a big loss for him, you know what I'm saying. But in the in the spirit, um, I just want to know. She, I just want to let you know she's looking down on you, just 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 partying up there right now. You know what I'm saying? Like she's partying, she's looking over y'all right now. Like I can only imagine how how big her smile is right now. So I, I just wanted to say rest in peace to precious uh, Ti's sister, older sister. Um, just, just seeing you through the TV screen, like, I couldn't meet you in person, I would have loved to meet you in person, I think I just would have gave you a big hug, you know what I'm saying, because I think that's how vibrant your energy was, just, just giving it to me through the TV screen, you know what I'm saying, like, it was just an auntie you would want to meet, like, I felt like I, I was fanning, you know what I'm saying, so, um, shout out to T.I. and all his family, y'all make sure y'all give them that condolence, and, um, you know, send out some love and hearts to him. But, you know, um, I love how T.I. is not really, you know, down, down, you know, not grieving and more so just more so just grieving and happiness. You know what I'm saying? That his sister has now gone to a place of no pain and no sorrow. Yes, she's left the physical world. And yes, she's not here with you right now. But understand that she is here with you in spirit and she is watching over all of you right now, watching over all of us as well. So, um, T.I., prayers up to you, my brother, um, and to you, Miss Precious, Auntie Precious, um, you, I, I, like I said, you brought a smile to that TV screen that I feel like a lot of people really, 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 really loved, and I, I believe that you were loved in your community, and I feel like you were loved all across the, across the country, man. Whoever watched T.I.'s Family Hustle, you know Precious, so shout out to y'all. Um, so let's get into... Um, this womb transplant. Okay. Yeah. Y'all heard what I said. A womb transplant. So there was an article. Okay. There's an article in the UK, right? That detailed why it should be necessary. Not even why it should be necessary, but in a sense, basically saying, Hold on, I want to pop this up. I want to get this. I want to get this in here. Is this this is not my Instagram. <laughs> oh, make sure y'all follow us on the gram too. You know what I'm saying? We've been getting a lot of traction on the gram. Shout out to y'all. Um however, however, however. Okay. So a transgender woman should be entitled to womb transplants so they can have a baby. Now, somebody said womb transplants. Is anybody thinking to ask, where are they getting these wounds from? All these missing and trafficked women might start to make sense. Now, y'all know me. I always play devil's advocate. I'm always here. I'm always a forward thinker. I'm always thinking outside of the box. And I'm always thinking like two, three dimensional, even four dimensional. This may be an actual thing. However, how do you do that? You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you do that? No disrespect to the, the, uh, the, the transgender community. Um, transgender women in particular, but transgender women, I, I, I need you to come on the show. I need one person, I, I, uh, somebody to come on the show and explain this to me because this one is, this one is a, this one is a doozy. You know what I'm saying? Like you're in, how do you do that? 
a wall. You can, that is something. That That's something because there was a baby, because in the story, um, there was a baby who was birthed from a womb of a deceased mother. Right? So, uh, I guess they transplanted this womb into um, the transgender woman. This womb came from a dead woman. And, like I said, I guess she had the baby. And this baby is, you know, live. Live and well. The baby looks good, healthy, everything like that. Um, and I'm just like, whoa. Like, my, my, like, I don't think America... Our society, our culture could blow my mind the, as much as y'all do, but y'all blow my mind. I looked at this story and I was like, wait a minute, what? This is some this is real? This is real. You know what I'm saying? Like I was watching, I was watching um Morgan Freeman's new special on uh on Netflix talking about God and whatnot. And I was just thinking, like, like, whoa. God can literally produce, you can literally transfer, not not even God, I don't even want to do that, but you can literally take a womb, transplant it, right, possibly, not, maybe, but because this dead, because this quote-unquote dead womb birthed new life, transgender women are demanding for transplants i don't know if that's safe i don't don't even know i don't even want to say if that's right i just don't think that's safe is that safe and i'm thinking on like a medical level like on a your health level you understand what i'm saying because once you start messing with internal organs and stuff stuff don't stuff just don't work the same Right. And that takes patience to have. And a lot of us don't have that. But but I'm speaking for straight people. Right. Transgender, transgenders and transgender women in particular. I don't know. But I want to ask my transgender women, my transgender sisters, is this something that you would consider? Because this story really just like blew my mind. Because I'm thinking of okay, I'm I'm I'm, I'm as a doctor, I, I I'm cutting you to put a wound in you. How do you do that? How do you put a wound? Isn't the I just I just I'm just so fascinated by this. Like it's no and 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 I don't want nobody to take this as disrespect because this is no disrespect. I'm just really curious. I'm just really really curious. This is really fascinating. Like, how do you transplant? Now, mind you, this is, the, this is the UK. Shout out to all my listeners in the UK. You feel me? But how would you do that? I just got to know. So to my transgender community, to my transgender women in particular, you got to answer me this question. Would you let, would you get a womb transplant so you can have kids? That's scary. That's scary. That is very scary. And then in the sense of, you know, these women, uh, more women, we're getting like a lot more reports of human trafficking and um, um, all these women going missing and everything like that can be a factor. You understand? Like, I don't I don't take I don't put nothing off the table. And right there, that that 
could be a major factor in in why we are having so many women, not even in America, right? Not just not just in America, but in our world that are that are missing, that are that are missing for weeks, for days, for months, for years, right? And we don't see them anymore. That this could be a possibility, right? And we and we sometimes have to take that now. Some people, most people, will be like, "Nah, Ty, you just conspiracy theorist." Nah, you right. I probably could. You right. You right. I probably could be talking shit. But this also could be true. We're take we're, the, the, the a deceased womb can produce new life. What do you think? I'm a, I'm a just I'm a just leave that at there. Um. So <laughs> we're gonna say fuck Burberry. Uh, but I want to say fuck all these major ass designer ass labels because y'all are fucking trying it. So Burberry apologizes for because I guess it was, you know, D.C. Fashion Week or whatever, New York Fashion Week, you know, winter fashion, blah, blah, blah. Um, and Burberry <laughs> had this picture uh, or this, I want to say costume. Because I don't feel like this was a fashion, right? I feel like this was a costume, you know what I'm saying? So, this costume, <laughs> this lady walking down the runway, she had a noose on. I ain't lying. She had a noose around her neck or some type of noose hoodie, right? And I'm sitting here thinking, like, y'all are really trying it. Y'all really want us to put you out of business, you really want us to put y'all out of business? Really? You be, like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I think you playing. Like, I really, I really, I, re- I really, really, really believe that y'all are really bullshitting right now. Like, y'all think this is a game. Y'all think that this is a game until we really start pulling our money from y'all. But as black people, as most black people, we were not going to do that because image is everything. Right? Right. Right. For me, I, I, I never cared about my image. For, I did at one point because it was the trend. You know, image was everything. You got to be an image to be out there. But then I got to a point where I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, why would I spend $2,500 on a Burberry? Just, just for it to say Burberry? And it don't even say Burberry. It say Burberry on the tag. Like, I get you get what you pay for. I get it. But some of y'all material be as cheap as semi-dress. If y'all know what semi-dress is, go look it up. I'm just saying. Amazon be having better clothes than y'all. And they be good prices, boy. Fashion Nova taking over the game. You wonder why Fashion Nova is growing so largely, not only between the women community, because they already had the women on lock, but now they're getting towards the men, because I know for me, I know that they got a customer out of me now. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I could never find great fashion. could never find a great store that that really tailored to my, my body type. You understand what I'm saying? And it was because, you know, so because I was younger, you know, I was, I was a chubby boy. You know what I'm saying? So I can never find nothing that really got to me. So when I got older, you know, and like I said, I was never a name brand, you know, label type of person, you know, shit. I think the the only 
um, label that I got excited about, which I which I laugh at to this day because it's really not really anything. It's it's actually closed. They're, they're closing stores. It's Aeropostale. You know what I'm saying? Like Aeropostale, um, American Eagle, um, North Face, uh, Hollister, Amber Crombie and Finch. Man, my school harped over those motherfuckers. I hated that shit. I was like, dog, y'all. Some it was like all of y'all went to Somerset to go get this shit. I was like, really? That's all? okay. That's that's fashion, y'all. While I look on TV, <laughs> and I'm literally looking at niggas in, you know, Burberry, Gucci, Fendi, Prada. While y'all wearing fake Gucci, Fendi, Prada, I'm just like, oh, okay. You gotta fake it till you make it out here. I feel you. You feel me? Cause who really about to pay twenty five hundred dollars for a sir? But that's neither here nor there. I really believe that Burberry, Gucci, all y'all proud of whatever, are really, really, really trying it. I just think y'all are doing it this on purpose. Y'all are doing this to make a scene. Y'all are doing this. I think you're doing this because your sales are dropping. Mm-hmm. Listen. Like I said, any any publicity at this point is good publicity. Any publicity at this point is good publicity. Hence, why when everything came out with R. Kelly, you know, even more allegations and everything like that, when his his doc, then when the documentary came out on Lifetime, his music sales went up. Didn't N.W.A. teach y'all anything? Any publicity. Whether good or bad, is good publicity. Why? Because it's publicity for you. Somebody's going to fire you. And then somebody's going to hire you. Because sometimes you're entering, you're exiting a world when you fuck up and then entering a new one. You understand what I'm saying? Because some people don't see that as a fuck up. Some people don't see what you're doing as a fuck up, but some people do. You understand what I'm saying? So... That's how I understood it. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, so this man music stream, excuse me, just went up, you know? So that's the same thing with Burberry, Prada, and Gucci. Honestly, Gucci, you really didn't need to do this. Because like Tip said, this man, just like damn near every other rapper, every other mainstream main rapper has spent over seven to eight figures on your shit. So you really didn't need to do nothing. Gucci pulls the culture. It is one of it is one of those brands that has been embedded into the black culture. Why? Because fake Gucci has been revered in our culture. So what do you think? Just the word Gucci. We have Gucci main. You understand what I'm saying? We have Gucci main as a rapper. So you don't think Gucci, 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 Gucci. All the, you, you hear Gucci. What are you going to get? Gucci. But see, y'all are playing with our emotions. And see, that's one thing you just don't do. Because you know as black people, we we when we believe something, we believe something. But when you fuck us up, oh we gonna beat your ass. And we gonna fuck with you. We we we're not gonna fuck with you. However, I think because it's Gucci, it's Fendi, it's Prada, it's Burberry. Um, I think because these names are so powerful in the fashion game that some old heads in the game of music and entertainment or just period don't want to leave them because, you know, they may have sponsorships and they may have 
contracts with them. You, they may have things that go with them. And and um, Mayweather, you know, he's still wearing Gucci. He said, you know what, listen, I don't listen to everybody. Respect. I respect what you had to say. Respect. You respect your opinion, brother. But here's the thing. People like Mayweather don't get invited to the cookout. But see, a lot of you black people will invite him anyway just because of his skin tone. Right. I need that same energy when old white Mike does something. You understand what I'm saying? Because that same energy that we had with Jesse, which I will get into in a minute. The same energy that we had with Jesse. You understand what I'm saying? That I've been seeing y'all doing a lot of feelings instead of facts. Right? That same energy, y'all need to have that same energy with Mayweather. Shut up. Shut up. I don't give a... Be Maya. <laughs> okay? Shut up. He ain't invited to the cookout. He just another black Uncle Tom sitting over there with his money. And that, that's you, bro. Have fun. Do you, bro, bro. Do you. You good. But when it's time, when you get attacked, though, when all that money goes away and everybody has left you, don't come back and say, hey, big hurt, because we're going to slap your big ass head and get to tell you to get the fuck off. All right. Nah, we probably not. We, we probably going to open you up with open arms, but. We'll probably just put you in pun- on punishment for about a couple couple years, yeah, yeah. Because you know, at this point, you 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 can't be. At this point, it's either you're gonna shop at these places, and if you shop at these places, then to me, you are um, still sparking and igniting that flame, that disrespectful flame in this culture. You understand what I'm saying? Um, if we're going to cancel them, which I will get into in a minute, if we're going to cancel, right? If we're going to cancel them, cancel them. But don't sit here and flop back and be like, don't sit here and say, I cancel somebody and then two days later buy the same shit. You understand what I'm saying? Because I know a lot of y'all stay off social media and be like, oh, I'm canceling the code. I'm canceling this. I'm canceling that. Blah, 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 blah. All the while. You feel me? So let's actually get into cancel culture. Right. Like this, this thing of cancel culture, this, this, this notion that when somebody fucks up, particularly in our community, um, we cancel them, particularly in our society, we cancel them. But I want to, I want to focus in on the black community real quick, but because I, 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 I see that black Twitter really coined the term cancel culture. Right. And I'm not going to say cancel culture is not bad right because i feel like some people do need to get canceled quote unquote and what i mean by canceled is they need to step back and they need to get themselves together i.e august alcina right now a lot i feel like a lot of people canceled him out of the culture right now not one i wasn't one to do that because i've i've literally grown up with his music his music has helped me get through a lot of depressive times and um i love my brother august alcina you feel me like his music is dope but he hasn't put out music since 2014 2015 damn near 16 he was on a few features in 16 and he's been battling with addiction right 
And I know some of you have put, you know, canceled him off. You know what I'm saying? And he just put out a new record, a new album um, that is actually doing really, really well. And that is actually really, really good. And um, I feel as though redemption culture has to be a thing. You understand what I'm saying? Because when we cancel people, like I know people have canceled me. You feel me? Like if you listening to me, if you listen to me from like back then, I know, I know I got canceled for some shit. I know. Because nobody is going to, everybody's not going to agree with you. Not everybody's going to sit here and um, openly, you know, agree with your opinion or even try to, you know, just like you in a way. You know what I'm saying? So not everybody online, especially, is going to agree with you, like you, um, follow you. You understand what I'm saying? So I think when we talk about cancel culture, we do need to hold we need to hold people accountable that that they hold how can I say this we need to hold people we need to try right or we as black people need to hold each other accountable for the shit that we do when we know it's inappropriate you understand you understand what I'm saying so when we get to the R. Kelly situation or even the J. Cole situation where he said faggot in his um in his lyric. You understand what I'm saying? It's not a matter of sensitivity. Right? I don't think it's a matter of sensitivity. And I think I, I was talking to my friend Shay about this. Shout out to her. It's not a matter of sensitivity when it comes to cancel culture. It's a matter of understanding and awareness. You understand what I'm saying? Like, we are in a culture where if you don't want to be called nigger, don't call uh, um somebody of the LGBT community a faggot. That's just what it is. That and, and that's just what it is. You don't want to be called a cracker, don't call me a nigger. Period. That's 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 what it is. You know what I'm saying? Now, it's 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 a lot more derogatory words that go into different cultures that I wouldn't say to somebody of the Hispanic race. That I want to say to somebody of the um, Asian race or anything like that. Because I'm not trying to be disrespectful. However, um, that disrespect, though, happens. You understand what I'm saying? And we cancel people for that disrespect. Hence, some people canceling, or the LGBT community, excuse me, canceling J. Cole. Or... We as a community canceling R. Kelly or even canceling Chris Brown for for a second um, or, you know, just canceling Bill Cosby, uh, uh, who else? Or even Monique, you know what I'm saying? Like, is there a redemption, right? Do they get to redeem themselves? You know, even Jesse, you feel me? Does he get to redeem himself? So what I, what I have confusion with with cancel uh, with cancel culture is I get the cancellation, but honestly, bro, this ain't a subscription. You know what I'm saying? None of us are paying to subscribe to any of these artists, entertainers, actors, comedians, whatever. We're not paying to subscribe to them. If you want to stop watching them, then stop watching them. Nobody wants to hear you say I canceled them. No, just shut the fuck up and don't listen to them. Don't watch it no more. You understand what I'm saying? But because social media gives everybody that platform to believe they are the view, um, 
And I know a lot of people won't be like, well, you the view? Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm the opinionated brother, bitch. <laughs> um, but social media has given so many people who don't have that form of intelligence just to sit there and just talk and not really think first. Sometimes you got to think before you speak on social media. And a lot of times we don't think before we speak. We just speak before we even say the T out of think. You understand what I'm saying? So I think what needs to happen is we need to reevaluate cancel culture or just cancel it all together. Because honestly, a lot of people cancel y'all and nobody say nothing about that. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the things that we cancel are big name celebrities over. A lot of y'all doing it. A lot of us, quote unquote, common folk do it even more. You feel me? Y'all trying to cancel. Y'all want to cancel uh, J. Cole for saying faggot on his on his record. Now, okay. But how many of y'all have said faggot so many times in public, in the mall, outside, chilling, you know, without the LGBT, any LGBT um, uh, um, individuals around, you understand what I'm saying? Trying to play face. Then when they, then when those, when those people come around, then you want to play face. No. For me, I have friends. I, I have LGBT uh, Q friends, and I'm not about to sit there and disrespect them by sitting there calling a faggot because we know, we logically know nowadays. These are derogatory words that are disrespectful to their culture. They're not about to deliberately sit here and call me a nigger because they understand the derogatory and disrespectfulness of that word. So why would I sit there and do that to them? No. We said it a lot back then because we didn't know, we, we didn't have a handle on it. Logically now, we need to do better. Stop saying, oh, we did it back then. That's not a fucking excuse. That's not a fucking excuse. But we also need to redeem ourselves by understanding and comprehending that if you don't want to be disrespected, don't disrespect anybody else. Period. Period. Point. And a blank. Um, So, (laughs) y'all. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about this briefly, Lord. My state of Florida is shout out to my state, bro. <laughs> shout out to my born state because y'all are wild. Okay, um, so a Florida man got arrested for <laughs> climbing on a on a street light pole <laughs> and shitting on cars. I. I can't get, I can't make this up, people. If this is true, I am dead. Do you hear me? Like, this is allegedly, right? Every <laughs> This man climbed up a pole, white male, right? Climbed up a pole, um, literally up a pole, <laughs> um, to, in Florida, um, I believe this was like Orlando uh, area, and he climbed up there. And literally started to shit on people's cars. And I said, wait a minute. Like, you really got your ass out shitting on people's cars. So, brother to brother question of the day (laughs) is what would you do if a piece of shit, and I mean human shit, not not, not no bird shit because we get bird shit all the time. A piece of human shit fell on your windshield. What would you do? And then you got the windshield wipers. Ugh. 
<laughs> you got the windshield wipers going and you just wink, 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 and it just brown off. Oh, that is nasty. I would probably pull him down. Yeah, I was I would stop the whole traffic, get up on top of my car and pull his ass down. We fighting. We are fighting. And you about to hit this shit too. You about you about to fall into all your crap. You're nasty. Why are you doing that, sir? Sir, come on now. Pete, do better. Be better. Okay, but brother to brother, what would you do if somebody was shitting on your car? Like if you just looked up and you <laughs> that is nasty as hell. Um so let's talk so let's briefly talk um R. Kelly. R. Kelly finally got arrested. A man. Um he turned himself in about two or three days ago. Chicago Chicago police. I don't know if they've been on it. Or if they got like a threatening letter to get on it, but they've been on it. Um, and you can tell that Jesse and R. Kelly was in, definitely in the same uh, holding facility because them, them, them pictures of the bricks, man. I was like, damn, they in the same one. They about to have a, a duo going crazy. Okay, I'm done. Uh, <laughs> but R. Kelly got arrested. Um, 10 counts of a sexual, uh, either misconduct or sexual harassment or. Uh, whatever you feel me he he locked up a man and uh his bond or his bail is set at one million dollars so um whoever got one meal for kills go ahead and bail your mans out let's let's see who let's see who bail out kill let's see who who really on your side let's see let's see who your real friends are this this is what i like this is why i like when people go to jail i like to see who your real friends are because that's when that's when when everything hit the fan i want to see who your real friends are because real friends will sit there and bail you out and chew you out and chew you out. They will bail you out now and chew you out later when we get home. Like we going I'm gonna bail you out. But just know we about, I'm about to get in your ass when we get back to the crib. You feel me? Like the media, oh yeah, this is my best friend, absolutely. And you are my best friend. I love you to death. You feel me? But when we get in this limo and when we get back to the house, I'm beating your ass. You feel like, like I, that's that's that should be real. That's real friendship. You know what I'm saying? So I wonder who is that real friend for R. Kelly? Because I don't know if he has any. Um, so nothing for R. Kelly. Uh, so we got a local woman near the Kent County area, near the Grand Rapids area, uh, 25 miles out of Grand Rapids. This was this was a, a heartbreaking story when I heard about this on I read upon it. Um, this was Cedar Springs, I believe. Cedar Springs, Michigan. It was 25 miles out of Grand Rapids, downtown Grand Rapids. And a woman, a white woman, um, and uh, it was just, I know, I'm stuttering a lot because it was, it was a sick and so sad story. Um, it was a white woman, for, uh, white woman, a mother of four, no, I'm sorry, mother of three, who um, took her kids to the woods and shot them. In cold blood, um, uh, each one of them, you know, one by one by one, and uh, basically took them back to her boyfriend's house and killed herself. Um, she suffered from schizophrenia, and it was such a sad story to read because it was saying like the social workers were, you know, trying to help them or trying to help her and. Just trying to do everything they could to help her, but you. Uh, but they were like, 
you know, she was, she was insisted or insisting that, you know, everything was fine. And I think there's a level of believability when it comes to mental health, when somebody has real heavy mental health issues, um, they can make you, even, even when you know there's, there's more wrong with them than they're telling you, they're going to make you believe that, you know, everything is good with them. You understand what I'm saying? Because in their mind, everything is good. I've been in a depressive state. I know how that feels. You understand what I'm saying? Like, everything is good in my mind. But honestly, everything is not good outside. You understand? Like, literally everything is not good. So, it was just heartbreaking to hear that, you know, she took her life and she took the lives of her kids. You know what I'm saying? In a sense, because, you you know, you you, you didn't have anything. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you felt like you didn't have a sense of, of of living, right? And you didn't honestly the way I looked at it is she didn't want her kids to see her like this. You know what I'm saying? She has three kids. They were two, four, and nine. Young babies, didn't even know the word life yet, didn't even experience life yet. And I just the lies of them and her, you know, it was it was just like damn. You know, um, now I know a lot of you are saying, like, where are boyfriend at? Um, I didn't read. The the, the the story didn't go that far. Uh, I believe the boyfriend um, was somewhere at work or something like that. Um, but they didn't really get into where the boyfriend was. But um, the bodies of, of all of them were found in the boyfriend's house. Now, you can take that and run with it however you want to. But just for me, um, to me, this... For me, this is a, a, a another tragic story, really, of mental health being a a, a huge factor and and a huge a huge a uh, an important role in our society that we have to look into. You know, for so long we have, you know, been on the on the on the up and up of physical health and making sure that our physical health is so much together, but we need to make sure that our brains and our minds are functioning as well because our brain is probably the most important muscle that we have. You understand what I'm saying? If we're not making sure that our brains are calm, that our brain is functioning down, you know how many times that I see so many people moving and running around and I know their brain is working like a mile a minute, you know what I'm saying? Not even a second, you know, and, and I tell people, when I tell people to chill and relax, I don't tell people to chill and relax because I want you to chill and relax or I'm being disrespectful. No, your brain is moving. You understand? Like, I would have to tell myself, chill, relax. Woosa. Right? When you are in that space, your brain works so much to the point where you have to relax. You have to let your brain, you have to give your brain time to rest. You understand what I'm saying? You have to. You have to. And mental health is such an important, important factor. Shout out to Mental Matters, man. Like, I love their podcast and everything. Like, I, I, I love it. Shout out to them. Because it, shout out to all of the other podcasts, the the scholars, the, 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 the teachers, doctors, that, really stress the importance of mental health, of mental health awareness and making sure that your mental is fine. You understand what I'm saying? We don't talk about it. We haven't talked about it. And now we're really in the cusp of it. We, we, we really need to make sure that our mental health, and that means checking up on your friends. 
That means checking up on your loved ones, making sure that they are okay. Even a I love you can be that sound, can make somebody's day. You don't know what can, a phone call, a text message. You don't know. Right? We need to be, we need to get out the, the, the frame of mindset of, oh, well, he didn't text me. Right? Dude, stop. Stop that shit. You feel me? Because somebody's going through something and probably a text message to that person will just make their day. You don't know, but you're too scared because we don't know how to deal with mental health. I think we're dealing with it a little bit better because now it's a topic of conversation. What I don't want is to just make this a trending topic and we're just talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, but we're not really implementing it into our lives. We need to implement mental health into our lives and make sure that we are taking time. That means maybe taking a personal day for you to get your brain together. That means taking a personal, that means taking time for you to rest, getting sleep, applicable amounts of sleep, you feel me? Getting together. Listen, I've been learning a lot. You feel me? And this story was just so heartbreaking because she she suffered from schizophrenia. You know? And it it, it was, man. It, it was heartbreaking because this this is a common thing that happens in our society, uh, black people and white people alike. Um, we take our lives from mental health. We take each other's lives from mental health. And it's a big thing. It is a big, 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 big thing. And um, I just want us to try, you know, like try and be better. And that means if you know somebody who is going through depression, anxiety, whatnot, be there for them. Hit them with a text message sometimes. Hey, just thinking about you. Hope you have a good day. That may bring their their anxiety down. They may may have a good day during their depressionary state. You don't know what could make their day, make someone's day. We need to have a lot more compassion. I'm talking to myself too. We got to have a lot more compassion, people, period. Um, So I wanted to shout out these few documentaries that I watched over the, uh, the weekend. Um. I watched Sam Cooke's documentary, uh, The Two Deaths of Sam Cooke. Now, I, I I I never really listened to Sam Cooke, but you know, we I think we all know the song. Um, um what was that song? Um, you know, it's been too hard living, but I'm afraid to die. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, oh, it's been a long road. Or uh, I forgot the song, but you know, it's been a long, long time coming, but I know a change gonna come. Oh, yes, it will. You feel me? So it was, it was interesting to see his life and to understand. I've, I love documentaries that show our history as a society, and then particularly our history as black people. Not just black men and women, all just, just in different sectors, but as black people as a whole. And Sam Cooke was, um, was an interesting um, man to really understand. Um, very gifted singer, songwriter, businessman. Um, and because he was so powerful when and and i guess this is where we find black men so powerful this is why i say black men we're so powerful and we need to stop acting so weak um when we think strength when we think different forms of strength is power really not for real cut that shit 
This man was friends with Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, and Jim Brown. He was not a part of the Nation of Islam, but loved their philosophies and their understanding of economy and how we need to grow as a black community, right? He loved Malcolm X. He loved Jim Brown. He lo- These are three men that are powerful, powerful men during the 60s, right? Powerful men. Four powerful black men during the 60s that could disrupt the government. That is not only bringing black people to the forefront, but are bringing our allies to the forefront, right? Asians, blue, green, you know, yellow, don't matter. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're bringing people who don't look like us, who don't identify as us, to the forefront to attack this this unhuman-like travesty. And to understand his life and his story, it was amazing, um, and I suggest that you guys go watch that. Um, very revolutionary type of a man. Um, also, Studio 54. Whoa. Okay, whoa. Studio 54's documentary was wild, but it was great. You understand what I'm saying? Like, Studio 54, I, and I've heard of Studio 54, right? Of course, being in a watching TV so much and, you know, watching Saturday Night Live and everything like that, like, um, Studio 54 was like, I've, I've heard of it, but I was like, what is this place? And actually, I thought Studio 54 was where they, you know, they shot Saturday Night Live at first. But then when I actually looked and, and, and watched the documentary, Studio 54 was a whole ass club. And I mean a social club. You had everybody in there. The LGBTQ community was in there before we even called it the LGBTQ community, okay? You had boobs, dick. Pussy, ass, drugs, weed, uh, uh, drinks, and having a fucking good time. Now, imagine that, right, in that space during that time, during the early, the late 70s, right? Now, this is, this is it was like a, it was like a, a, a away from home type deal. You understand what I'm saying? Because you could be anybody you wanted to be. If you want to fuck a guy, you can go do that. If you want to fuck a girl, you're going to do that. Hell, if you want to fuck both of them, hell, go downstairs. Because they said they had a plethora of beds. They was like, by the end of the night, somebody was getting some. Don't matter if it was dick or vagina. Somebody was getting some. And I think Studio 54 literally was the, 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 was maybe the, the combination you know, and this is just me not knowing other clubs, right? But Studio 54 was probably the culmination and the standard to which we see so many um, miraculous clubs today. Um, so shout out to those two documentaries. I will. Um, I just want y'all. I just wanted to shout those documentaries. I actually watched another one uh, talking about Nat King Cole. I watched another one on uh, Jam Master J. Shout out to Remastered. On Netflix, remastered on Netflix has great documentaries. That's where the Jam Master J and the Sam Cooke uh, documentaries came from. So I suggest um, that you highly, highly watch those documentaries. I have a, a fixation and a love for documentaries. I love a good doc. It doesn't matter who's telling the story. I love sports docs. I love music docs. Hell, I love mafia docs. I love any documentary that tells the story of America through the eyes 
of somebody. You feel me? Because I love to see it from different perspectives. Like, okay, you did this, but our people did this, but your people did this, but oh man, so how did this connect? You feel me? So I'm I'm always like that. So before we uh, get into our MVP and biggest loser of the week, I wanna I wanna go into this. We have to sometimes agree to disagree, people. We're not always going to see each other's side. You understand what I'm saying? Like, when we have conversations with people, most of the conversations that we have, we come from personal experiences, right? And what we have to do and what we have to understand is that personal experiences are not the experiences of the society, right? My personal experience is not the same as Cordell's or Patrick's. And if you know them, they've been on the show. So I'll use them as an example. My experiences with my experiences versus their experiences are totally different. The thing about it is we can relate to those experiences. And some of the conversations that we have, sometimes we have to agree to disagree because we don't sometimes see the same ideology. We understand it. We may not agree with it. You understand what I'm saying? Um, Like... It's not more so of a cop-out. You understand what I'm saying? Shout out to my girlfriend. Um, it's not more so of a cop-out. You know, it's not It's not so much of a trying to get out of an argument. It's more so sitting here saying, listen, you want to hear you talk. You understand what I'm saying? You want to hear you speak about what you experienced of this situation. What I'm trying to tell you is, I agree with you and I respect and understand where your personal experience is coming from. However, this is society's experience and that's the fact. You have the fact, but this is the true fact about America. You are we people that do things differently, we cannot sit here and try and say that you know, my experience was the same as somebody else's experience because somebody listening to me right now can have this a different experience than in you know in, in in different episodes that I've talked about my life, you know, personal experiences and everything. Somebody can have a different experience and not agree with me. You feel me? Like I have conversations every day after I drop the pod. When people listen to me, we agree to disagree. I'm like, you know, you're right, right there. I don't agree with you right there. Ah, you know, we're going to disagree to disagree and we move on because everything doesn't need to be an argument. Everything doesn't need to be a conversation between trying to trying to pull or trying to say, like, I'm right. You understand what I'm saying? It's not an I'm right type of deal. Right. When you're having conversations, you shouldn't be in the form of I'm right. You understand what I'm saying? It should be a form of let me understand where you're coming from. And yeah, it's hard because everybody want to be right. You feel me? But everybody can't be right. Somebody has to be wrong. And that is where we falter. Nobody wants to be wrong. I know I had to take fault for wrongness because I'm wrong. I'm wrong more times than I'm right. And I'm, I'm mad enough to admit that shit. You feel me? But at the same time, if you're not admitting to your wrongs, if you're not admitting to your faults, then that's a whole nother conversation. That's a whole, then you need to just distance. You understand what I'm saying? Then that's where the agree to disagree comes in. 
Now you may have people that say, well, you don't agree and disagree is a cop out and that's not it. No, nah, fam. It's not that. It's not a cop out. It's not trying to get out of the conversation. It's really just to say, like, listen, I agree to disagree with you and we're just going to move on. Then, yeah, you can say it's trying to get out of the conversation, but it's trying to get out of the conversation in a sense that we don't have to drag this on because it's not that big of a deal. You understand what I'm saying? It's not that big of a deal to have it drag on where we sit here arguing and, 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 and have a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, we should have a, a constructive conversation to people should have people should be able to should be able to have a constructive conversation without sitting here and trying to put their personal experience on somebody else. That's not what it is. You should be like, I had this experience. I had this experience. Damn, how do they correlate? How don't they correlate? Okay, I see where you're coming from. And then if you don't see, all right, you know, we disagree, disagree, because I, I kind of see where you're coming from, but I just don't agree with it. Okay, cool. No problem. We move on to a different topic. You understand what I'm saying? Because on that topic, we're going to agree to disagree. So why do we keep harping on it? Right. People, it's all about understanding and it's all about awareness. You understand what I'm saying? Be more aware, people, please. Thank you. Um, MVP of the week. My MVP of the week goes to Miss Amina Muhammad. Now, Miss Amina Muhammad is a Grand Valley graduate, so you already know she was kidding. Oh uh, no, but Grand Valley graduate. Um, graduated in 2017, I believe. Uh, she gonna kill me if I. I don't know. I forgot. I think it was like 2017. I think something like that. But um, graduated in 2017, uh, where where we were a part of a uh, a couple organizations together, um, and basically been knowing her since like my freshman sophomore year. You know what I'm saying? Came in the same class again, I believe. And um, she is now the proud owner of her own uh, business called Pastry Pals. Uh, this listen when I tell you these pastries are divine when people say women can't cook nowadays i just feel like that's a bunch of bullshit you know what i'm saying like it is some women that can't throw down in the kitchen i know i've cooked for some and they can't do shit but boil water i'm just saying however (laughs) it is a lot of y'all that have been blessed by the hands of your great grandmothers and amina you are one of them oh yes lord oh hallelujah listen she came one day, it was, um, uh, and it's actually called Passionate Pastries. I'm a pastry pal. Do you hear what I'm saying? So she literally came for an event, um, I believe, I don't know what event it was up at our alma mater, but we went to an event and I literally went because she said she was coming and literally tabling at the event. So that was one of the main reasons, if not the main reason I was going to that event. Man, she had the Oreo and cream, the key lime pie, the banana pudding. I said, oh, and I think I got me, uh, I think I got me like one or two Oreo boys. Oh my God, man. Them things, homemade shit just tastes different. You know, homemade shit, even, even, even them little hole in the walls, them little home in the wall bakeries, like them, it's just something about a good homemade sweet that just gets your body just, mm, ah, da, ba, mm, 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 my God. And I just, 
she her pastries her 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 jars are like amazing they're great and she's based out of chicago she's done um she's done hell of events she she does weddings she does birthdays uh graduations um uh what else what else what else i'm trying to think what else she does um damn near everything you feel me and some of her assorted uh jars were um strawberry shortcake oreo cookies and cream key lime pie banana pudding and let me just tell you all of those slap and i i don't even like key lime pie let me tell you i don't fuck with it for real and when i tasted it good god almighty i got my shake lord hammer so you know what amina i need you to send me like a case or something. Like if I need to send you some dry ice, I can. Like just let me know, girl, because I need about twelve of them. I need about a dozen jars. Just let me know how much a dozen jars is, and we good. Okay, bet. All right, love you, Mina. All right, so our biggest loser of the week. Now, this is where we get to the nitty motherfucking gritty, because I put out a poll on social media, and I asked who should get. Biggest loser of the week because obviously the biggest loser of the week award has just been going off the fucking rails this week. First, it was Jesse, right? Jesse, Jesse has been going through a lot with this story. The story has been going up and down. You know, I, 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 I still stand behind Jesse because we've got more developments coming up. But even still, the story is still getting more confusing, and I'll get more into it. But then there was Tristan, right? Then I had Tristan on the list, and as you know, Tristan. Cheated on his um, his baby mother, Khloe Kardashian, with uh, Jordan Jenner, uh, the best friend of Kylie Jenner. And I put Jordan on there because, um, you know, Jordan cheated with Tristan on her best friend's sister. You know what I'm saying? And to me, I feel as though you're consciously aware you're logically aware you know what you're doing everybody's in the wrong at that point you feel what i'm saying because it was alleged that basically he took the phones um or it was reported by hollywood life i believe um uh aka jason lee uh that took the phones basically and he didn't take jordan's phone and you know they was all booed up (laughs) you know what i'm saying (laughs) And uh, she was like, stop. And he was like, come here, baby. And she's like, oh, my God, stop. Stop it. You know you got a girlfriend. And he was like, I don't give a care about that bitch. Like, that. fuck you mean, dog? I don't even want to be with her. And she was like, for real? You don't want to be with a girl? <laughs> All right, I'll just come over here and give you a little smooch. And um, that's what happened. <laughs> you feel me? Like, that's not what happened. But in my mind, that's what happened. You feel me? Because at this point, Tristan, you just don't want to be in the relationship. You just don't want to be with Chloe no more. Let it go. Let it fucking go. Like, bro, you're 6'9", 250 pounds. You can't hide nowhere from the paparazzi. You can't go nowhere. Where you gonna go, fam? Like, where you gonna go? The only person that can hide from fucking paparazzi is Kevin Hart. And he don't even, he don't even, he can't even do it. He, he's still a little too, too tall with a short ass. I'm just saying, Okay. So what did you think you were going to do? Just not hide? You're dumb. But if you wanted to get out of this relationship, you should never got in it in the first place. Now, to the biggest loser of the week. I'm going to give it to Jesse. And here's why. 
Jesse, you have taken me on a whole roller coaster ride this week. Okay? A whole one. And I don't and in it, it, it may not even be you, but you know what? You came out with the story. You started this whole thing. So you got my mind all like twisted. Okay? Now, like I said, I'm going to continue to stand by you because these are alleged accounts. However, my brother, I've been hearing a lot of people comment on this. And what I will say is that a lot of y'all on social media, comedians, even comedians that I like and respect and fuck with and watch and everything, y'all, I'm going to call y'all out. Y'all are some hoes. Y'all are some hoes. The fact that y'all decided to go into feeling before facts and literally go in on this nigga before before anything really came out, shows the integrity that you have, which is zero. You understand what I'm saying? A lot of y'all, a lot of y'all that I follow, and I couldn't wait to do this episode because I was going to cut into a lot of y'all motherfuckers. I'm not going to put y'all out on blast, but I'm going to put y'all out on blast. A lot of y'all motherfuckers sat here and literally denounced this nigga. Denounced. For me, it was more of a confusion thing because... One story said this, one story said this, one story said this, one story said this, Chicago said this, Chicago police said this, then they're saying this, FBI said this. My mind, my brain hurts. (laughs) And a lot of y'all, before even a lot of this started to come out, a lot uh, before a lot of um, the new stories started to come out, as if, um, as in, um, he wrote the the, the $3,500 check that he wrote to the brothers that were allegedly arrested, that were allegedly the scam artists, he wrote for training. I told y'all those were two big, excuse me. I told y'all those were two big Wakanda-looking motherfuckers. They not here to rob my mans. They here to train him up and be the next king of Wakanda. What are you talking about? They was trying to train him up to be the next uh, king T'Challa. What did you mean? But no, no, no. Because Chicago and what was and what was so funny to me, what is so hilarious is to me is that when Chicago police say something, y'all were so fast to take their side. Y'all were so fast to take the side of this man. I'm sitting here like, yo, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting mad because a lot of shit is coming my way. Right. I'm seeing, I'm seeing that my face is getting from shocked to mad, back to shock, back to confusion, or to confusion, back to mad, back to confusion, and I'm just at a state of confusion. Here's my thing. Brother, if you did it, own your shit. But just know that this situation off bands, whether you did it or not, has set the fuck us back especially the LGBTQ community and especially my black brothers and sisters that are in that community. I don't care why you did it. I don't care how you did it. If you did it. Because it's still allegedly, and I'm not believing the police off bands. And a lot of y'all believing the police off bands, y'all stupid. Y'all dumb as fuck. Y'all stupid as hell. The the and then I just took my head off because now I'm pissed. 
Because thinking about it, then most of y'all motherfuckers really believe in the police, the main ones that be... Shut the fuck up. Shut the... Y'all really out here in the media for a check. And there's a lot of y'all black motherfuckers. Y'all really denounce this nigga. And a lot of people was like, Ty, you got to give him the biggest loser of the week. He did it. He did it. No. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to give him because I'm not here for you. I'm standing by my mans still. But if he did it, oh, trust and believe, we need an explanation. Because at the end of the day, whether he did it or not, you set us back. You set your community back. You set us as a black people back. You know it's already hard for black people to believe shit now. So you give them the instant, the slightest instance of false they're not believing it. We're not believing it. And see, for me, it was like, no, nah, Ty, don't take that role. Don't take that role of feelings over facts. I'm sorry. I couldn't agree with Charlemagne on that. You understand what I'm saying? I couldn't sit here and say he did that. Because it's still allegedly. Now, he has done a lot of shit to make us feel like he did this. You understand what I'm saying? But I'm still not going to denounce this man because this shit does happen in our community. Shouting out racist and discriminatory terms. I I, I did just make that up. Shouting out those words, disrespecting my black gay brothers and sisters. You feel me? Is a thing. And why wouldn't I believe Jesse? None of y'all was. Or none of y'all did. I remember being the first one to post Jesse. Being one of the first ones to post it. And then once once we quote unquote found out that he quote unquote lied. Everybody sat there and was like oh fuck this nigga. I didn't want to say fuck this nigga off bands. I didn't want to get him. I didn't want to do that. Because I really felt like there was something to this story that's not fucking adding up. Things are not adding so, yes, Jesse is getting the biggest loser of the week award because you got my hair hurting, damn it. And honestly, bro, I'm here. You understand what I'm saying? I'm taking your side. Just for the simple fact that this story all sounds fishy and it's still alleged. And y'all want to believe the fucking Chicago police. They just arrest R. Kelly. Get the fuck out of here with that bullshit, bro. They just, just arrested R. Kelly. Y'all can, y'all can suck my dick on that one. Um, we're going to take five, um, and we will be back with the Opinionated Brother Podcast. This is episode 69, and we will be back in five. Welcome, 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 welcome back, everybody, to the Opinionated Brother Podcast with your boy, Devontae. Episode 69, we are in the second half of the show. First of all, before we get into the second half, I just wanted to give a shout out to my mom, Dukes. Okay, shout out to my mother, her uh, her birth day, (laughs) her birthday um, is today, Um, definitely not telling y'all how old she's turning. Um, because she's not going to smack me when she sees me. It's not going to happen. Um, but know that she is fine as wine and she already got a man. So, um, (laughs) that's a wrap, but, um, I just wanted to give a big, big ass shout out to my mama. Shout out to you back in the city. 
um, <clears throat> doing big things and everything. I'm so proud of you. I love you. Continue, continue to continue to be the great queen that you have modeled. You know, you have been a model of, of queen, queen, queenship, queenmanship. And uh, the standard of what I should look for, and uh, you know, and in women, and uh, I appreciate you and I love you. And yeah, if y'all see my mama, you know, what I'm saying if you see a Catherine Davis, light, bright, slender, you know, if you see her, tell her happy birthday. You know what I'm saying? Tell her happy birthday, cat, Miss Cat, or you say Miss Davis or Miss Hicks, right? More so Miss Hicks. Say Miss Hicks. Um. But also, I wanted to get back to our MVP of the week, Miss Amina Muhammad. I forgot to tell y'all that she is a nurse, too. Okay, she is a BSN. I just want to let y'all know that, that she is nurse, too. Okay, she is nurse Amina. Okay, she is helping the sick. Oh, in curing cancer. Hallelujah. No, I don't know if she's curing cancer. That's just, that's, that's just, you know, I don't know. But. You know, she could be in the forefront of that. You know what I'm saying? So just just giving a big ass shout out to the MVP of the week, Miss Amina Muhammad. So let's get into what we're here to get into. Let's get into the opinionated topic of the week. So we are talking um why or how, right? Maybe why and how. Um, can we as black people or as a black community find a reconnect? of getting more black people into sectors that need barriers down, that need racial barriers, that need, um, you know, discriminatory barriers down. You understand what I'm saying? So that other communities and other races can get these jobs. You understand what I'm saying? Now, I got this this topic from the, the, the um, Mr. Michael Eric Dyson. He was on the, uh, the Breakfast Club, and uh, um, and he was on the Breakfast Club, and he was talking about, you know, basically how in in our culture right now, in our climate, in our climate right now, we're so fixated on just the one dimensional part of racism. Right. And when I say one dimensional part of racism and discrimination, I mean what we've seen in the media, basically what we've seen in uh, documentaries such as the 13th or, you know, even the documentaries that I watched, Sam Cooke, Nat King Cole, you know, even during those times, you know, where civil rights and Jim Crow were very heavy. Um, there there was a time where we couldn't be in those sectors. You understand what I'm saying? And he was alluding to why can't we now, right? Why can't we now? What is the problem with us as a community being able to sit here and be in different sectors and bring these walls of race and discrimination down? You understand what I'm saying? Why does it always just have to be one dimensional? Right. So basically what, 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 what he was what, what he was getting at was, uh, I believe, I believe it was Jay Ellis that came on the shade room. But I think it wasn't him. It was the other black dude with the bald head that played for Duke. Right. I forgot his name. I'm so sorry. Um, but he said, like, you know, he was he was literally called Uncle Tom because he went to Duke. He um, he 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 he. Uh, 
you know, he went to Duke and he 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 was basically like one of the only and you know as Duke, Duke is a prestigious PWI, an Ivy League university that holds about ninety percent of the Caucasian community. You understand what I'm saying? Caucasian, you know, people, um, individuals. So being the one percent in a, in this in this bubble, you know, he's breaking down racial barriers, even if a lot of people don't see that. You know what I'm saying? Being on a uh, being on that type of a platform, playing for Duke, winning national championships, you know, getting into student leaderships and everything on Duke's campus, where they already where PWIs traditionally already have a set Caucasian culture. You understand what I'm saying? Caucasian culture. I, I, I kind of took that from Amanda Seals, kind of like made my own word up out of her words. Shout out to Amanda. Um, but literally, they already have a culture. You understand what I'm saying? So he broke a lot of barriers for Zion. You understand what I'm saying? For players like Zion to be so popular amongst the Duke student and faculty and just the Duke community, period. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter if you want to sit here and acknowledge it, but in that community, he broke down barriers. And what I think Michael Eric Dyson was saying is why do he have why does he have to be an Uncle Tom? Because he's not doing what you're doing on the front lines, right? Like what is it? Why do we always have to be on the front lines to make a change? The front lines, let's be clear. Okay, the front lines has always been the the one dimensional way of attacking racism, the government discrimination. Right. So in our climate today. We have so many of our black historians that have broken down barriers so that we could not could could. Not only be on the front lines, but also be in hospitals, also be in law offices, also be in the entertainment field, also be in the food industry. Every sector that America has created of industry, a black person literally has done it first for others like us to break barriers. So why do us as black people always sit here and think that anything other than getting on the front lines and, you know, barricading with police is the only way to get some real change. Honestly, that's not the only way. I've, all, I've always been a, 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 a thinker of why the fuck do I always have to be on the front lines? Why do we always have to protest? Why is that always a thing? Not saying that it doesn't work. But can we find other methods, other ways? Because obviously for 50 years, protesting has got us nowhere. So that means people have tried to get into different sectors of the white, of the Caucasian environment and try to break down the walls. But what have we done as a black people when we try to have black people go into politics 
Right. And I've been and I, I will sit here and admit that I've been a, 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 a uh, I've said this before, called Uncle Tom's and everything, because honestly, I was young. You, you don't understand when you are. You don't understand that. You don't understand when you are in an environment where it's very controlled. And literally when 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 people are saying if they're not on it, not even on the front lines, but if they're not working for black people. Right. If they're not working for all I heard when I was young was if they're not working for black people, they're not for us. Even black people, if they were in politics, they were not for us, right? So that's all I got from politics when I was younger before Barack Obama got in the office. Politics, if you were a black person in politics, you weren't for us, right? Now, I could get that because of the environment that we were in. When you look on TV, you see black people in suits and you know, you're young. You see these black people in suits. You see, you know, rappers and and singers and these chains and everything like that. And we're like, and I'm looking like, so y'all not giving back to the community? Like, what are y'all doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all not on the front lines doing shit? And literally, that was a one-dimensional thinking. Like, why aren't y'all on the front lines protesting this? Why aren't y'all on the front lines doing something? Like, I see my brothers and sisters outside on the front lines doing and this was the early 2000s right so really racism uh discrimination and all that from my eyes from my viewpoint was not as as big as it was right now in our culture 10 years later you understand what i'm saying like from 2000 to probably like 2010 Maybe even into the 80s to the 2010s, like racism and, and the, the problem of racism and discrimination and all that, it really died off. Like, I don't want to say died off, but we stopped talking about it until now. You understand what I'm saying? So it's never saying that racism, discrimination and all of these things died over the past 30 years no they just got swept under the rug like i've talked about so many other times they got swept under the rug and because our leaders right malcolm x martin luther king um angela davis um rosa parks um martin luther king with all these leaders dying off some of them really dying and then some of them really just the government really just trying to exterminate them get them out of the country or you know not even have them as an american citizen and that's what i mean by dying off not just killing but just literally just eradicating them from american culture you know that puts a halt that puts a big ass strain and a heavy heart on the black community and that's i think what we have to understand is that for the for those 30 40 years it was complacency Right. It was complacency. And maybe in that complacency, some people did become Uncle Tom's. One, we have to acknowledge that in that complacency, some people, some of your granddaddies and your uncles and your aunties that you hold so dear high and everything. Some of them became Uncle Tom's on that. Right. On that. But it's some of them. But it's most well, some of them that sat here and really tried to make a change in these different sectors and have, you understand what I'm saying? I just seen um, uh, a picture of the first Navy SEAL, the first black Navy SEAL in like 1967. Rip too, boy, was cock diesel. I was like, God damn, right? 
seeing the first uh, black woman to do um, to uh, she uh, she was the, she she invented um, laser eye surgery. You understand what I'm saying? So these these type of people like her right here. Breaking down barriers in the medical field when it comes to eyes. You understand what I'm saying? How many black people can say that they're doing eye surgery right now? I'm just saying. Like, I think we have to we have to change our thinking because it's just not being on the front lines. Me, I think me being in college, especially me being in a PWI taught me that. Me just being on the front lines doesn't do anything because there's racism everywhere in damn near where you work you understand what I'm saying like being up here has made me see like it's not just on college campuses it's made it and it may just not be at home but it is literally in your workspaces at your lunch at your lunch times it's everywhere and you cannot escape it you understand what I'm saying I think what we have to do is understand that fighting discrimination and racism and disrespect across all boards has to be reformed just like racism and discrimination and disrespect has been reformed, right? Jim Crow went to segregation. You understand what I'm saying? Segregation went to the new Jim Crow. You understand what I'm saying? Went to hidden policies that kept that keep black men and black people, period, from getting well jobs, keep uh, uh, well jobs, keep um, inmates from voting, from 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 sitting here and getting um, or or revisiting their citizenship. You know, just stuff like that. Like it's still here. It's still in our in our in our in our in our life. It's embedded into our constitution. It is embedded into our government history and our laws. So as black people, why haven't we sat here and tried to do something better? And then when we try to do something outside of the box, outside of the norm, Why do we still critique our own? You understand what I'm saying? I think now in our culture, we give a lot more praise than we did back then. And I'm just examining. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't there back then. I wasn't there during the 70s, the 80s, and the 90s, and the 2000s. Well, well, the 90s and the 2000s, of course. But, you know, 80s on back, I wasn't there. But reading and learning and understanding there was a type of complacency there there was a type of complacency because when Trayvon Martin got shot it felt like a a, a new civil rights era sparked up right and like I said before on this show the Black Lives Matter community has not come back out since 2016 2017 where y'all been and that's another story for another day but what I'm saying is we are trying to hit it at every we're, we're trying to just think one dimensional when it comes to attacking this. And I think what Michael Eric Dyson is saying and I agree with is that everybody can't play the motherfucking point guard. 
Literally, everybody, everybody is trying to play the fucking point guard. First of all, all of y'all ain't Chris Paul. Y'all don't got fucking handles. Y'all don't have a three-point stroke like Steph. Y'all ain't that great. Y'all ain't the assist man like CP3, okay? Y'all don't got the handles like Trey Young, so chill out. Sometimes you need to play the center, which means you need to be in IT, breaking IT barriers and shit, okay? Sometimes you need to play the power forward, which means you probably going to be in the medical field being the first black doctor to do this, 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 this. Because once we recognize our privilege, we can help other cultures and other societies within our own. We can help them. Hence the LGBTQ community. They they can't. Bro, I've seen it with my own eyes. If they could choose a black man and a gay man, they're going to choose the gay man. No, I'm sorry. They're going to choose the black man. It depends. I got chose. You understand what I'm saying? And literally, I looked at dude, and after the interview, we was like, can I compare our resumes real quick? Because we were saying black man. And I looked at him and I said, hmm. And I looked and I said, your resume looks damn near, in comparison to mine, better than mine. You were more qualified for this job. And he was like, you know what? No, it was just because my sexuality. I was like, hmm, that's wild. And it's really crazy to me. Because we don't we don't expect the the our, our, our gay and lesbian and transgender brothers and sisters to be doctors and lawyers and everything like that. No, we just expect them to be in the choir, you know what I'm saying, choir directing, playing the piano, being on TV, you know what I'm saying, being the stereotypical. You understand what I'm saying? No. First of all, if we as black people don't want that same disrespect, we cannot Sit here and give that same disrespect. Keep that same fucking energy, people. Just like I said with Jesse. Y'all were so quick to believe the police, but when a white person do it, it's so... Come on now. Come on now. Keep that same energy, bro. You feel me? Because if... Oh, white boy was telling the truth. We wouldn't give a damn. Y'all would believe your feelings over facts. Keep that same energy, bro. We need to do better. And I think as a culture, and I, and I always put my millennials here. Some of us, you feel me? A lot of us, you feel me, are very much. I, I, I look at a lot of my millennial counterparts and. Um, um, friends and uh, associates, and I really just see young moguls in the making in every field, though. Like, I'm not about to sit here and disrespect my man Leon because he's in graphic design and I'm in podcasting and radio, right? There's not a lot of black graphic designers that's big out here. And there's not a lot of great podcasters that's big out here. So why would I tell him, don't sit here. You need to be on the front lines. Why are you doing all of this? Because you don't know what kind of barriers we're breaking in this game. 
So many black people. First of all, let me put it to you like this. W.E.B. Du Bois. Let me give it to you like that. W.E.B. Du Bois graduated with his master's and his Ph.D. from the top. One of the top. PWI Ivy League schools in the fucking world. Harvard, my nigga. He made it possible for me to go to fucking Grand Valley, no matter how you want to slice away it or dice it. So the fact that we as black people continue to hinder ourselves is a problem. And your man, and, and that man was black. Okay? Black. He did a dissertation on um what his his dissertation was on the um the African American slave trade or the slave trade or something like or or, or yeah slavery in America during what come on bro and y'all got the nerve and the audacity it's 2019 stop thinking that the front lines is the only way to fucking protest stop thinking that stop thinking that's the only way you can do something do we have to play the rules or, or not even play the rules? Do we have to know the rules of this game? Absolutely. You have to know the rules before you even start playing this game. And then what I tell people is that once you know the rules, know them, study them, flip them bitches. Because once you know the rules, study them, learn them, and then learn them from other people who are willing to give you the liter. Like, I've gotten so much like, how can I say it? I've gotten so many shortcuts from a lot of my black mentors who are women, by the by the way. You understand what I'm saying? Let me just say black women have given me more shortcuts in this game than black men. And that's a problem. I'm just and I'm just putting that out there. You understand what I'm saying? And it's not even shortcuts to make it. It's shortcuts to be in this game. In, in this game we call cohesive. Yeah. <laughs> Caucasiveness. You know what I'm saying? What I'm saying in this Caucasian American world we're living in, or American society we are living in right now, black women have always given me the tools to the game and how to move more than black men. Period. You understand what I'm saying? So the fact that we just disrespect them off bands is crazy. The fact that we as black men don't want to sit here and give our men the same that's you know. Give them that same learning lesson, those shortcuts to help us make it better, right? It's only been a few. I can I can literally count them off my hands who have been older than me, who have given me wisdom instead of just talking to me. A lot of us don't get wisdom. Y'all just want to talk. A lot of y'all old folks just want to talk. I, I, and that's and that's trio via. I need wisdom. You understand what I'm saying? I I did. There's a difference between wise, being wise, and just talking out your ass. Sometimes I talk out of my ass. And that, and that's on purpose. You feel me? Like, that's just, that's the, the opinionated brother. I talk out of my ass all the time. You feel me? You feel me? Like, that's just sometimes. But I'm always here. I'm always hitting you with facts. You understand what I'm saying? Or trying to, at least. Right? So at the end of the day, what we need to do is better. You understand what I'm saying? We need to understand and we need to support our friend. Like I just said, what did I just say? Our MVP of the week, uh, Mina Muhammad, is a nurse and an entrepreneur. She's double winning. She's double winning. She's a nurse and entrepreneur. You understand what I'm saying? 
She's breaking down barriers. No matter how you want to slice it, dice it, or where, she's breaking down barriers for other black women, other minority women to become nurses. And it was women before her who did that, did the same. There were men before me, men before them, men before them. The fact of the matter is we've lost a disconnect because we think that just being on the front lines is what it is. I get it. I understand. Your brother was shot. Your sister was killed. I get that. And I'm so sorry for that. However, killing anger with more anger is just going to fuel more hatred. And honestly, there are so many more ways to go about this because we are more privileged. We are not in the 50s, in the 60s, 60s, and the 70s. And we have to stop living in the mentality of some. Now, like I said, older folks are going to stay in that mindset because that's where they come from, both white and black alike. I've talked to both. I've talked to both sides. And they are set in their ways. Set. Some are set. It's only a few, a handful that are willing to think on a two plus dimensional scale. But are you willing to think that like that, though? Are you willing to change? Because it's 2019. People are dying every day. Racism is happening in every sector of our in the corner of America. What are you going to do? To combat that. I'm not saying being on the front lines is not helping because it has. Those front line protesters early on have literally made it so where we can do what we're doing right now. But those front line protesters also made it to where all of us can protest now just beyond the front lines. Now we can go into our workplaces and say, no, this is not right. This is discrimination. What a blah, 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 blah. So then we as black people can have that privilege and then help other minorities to get their privilege. So humanity can just be as one, bro. Yeah, it sounds like a lot. It sounds like it's going to take some time because that's what patience is, time, bro. It takes time. And you need to have time. We need to have time and we need to find a balance and a reconnect. Black History Month this year was a lot. We got a lot more. Po- we got a lot. Of, I won't say a lot more negatives than positives. But what I want to. But what I want to end Black History Month with with this episode is basically, as Black people, we are so special. We are so privileged beyond belief that we don't understand it right now. We are in a culture and in a society that in 2019, I can sit in the back of the bus. And have no problems with that. I can sit in the front of the bus and have no problems with it. I have the freedom of speech in some way. <laughs> right? Are there still limitations on me? Absolutely. As a black person, then as a black man? Absolutely. There are still limitations on minorities. Absolutely. But we need to stop acting like we haven't come far. I know in some instances, in some places, especially down south, it doesn't seem like that. It doesn't seem like that. But even little steps, baby steps, bro, is a step forward. It is a step forward, but we have to continue doing the work. 
Yeah, it gets scary. Yeah, it gets hard. Yeah, it gets frustrating because it's racism, bro. It's discrimination. It's disrespect. It's always going to be frustrating. But we have to do better in understanding and being aware. Keep that same energy, y'all. Keep that same energy. Use that energy when you are on the front line to go to work and speak that same shit. Are you speaking the same shit when you're on the front line to your black friends, to your white friends, to your white counterparts, to the white people you don't like, to your boss? Because like I said, I, I told my I told my suit, listen, this environment is not here. I, I don't have a I don't have a problem saying what I have to say. It's the way you say it. It's the way you have to say it. You understand what I'm saying? Like I said, understand the rules. Learn the rules of this game. Find somebody who is going to teach you the rules, let you understand the rules, and give you a little shortcuts so you can a little bit bypass the rules a little bit better. Black people, minorities, but black people in general, uh, black people particularly, I'm sorry, we've always had to work three times, four times as hard. And the success has been rewarding. You understand what I'm saying? But yeah, it's work. It's hard. But we ain't, and we, yeah, we complain, but we ain't never gave up. And I don't want us to give up now. This should not, all, all of the things that have been happening in Black History Month and everything like that, like literally the month of February has been a, has been a, a big one. It's, it's been a downer. But like I said, I want to end this off just saying, let's do better in utilizing our spaces as think tanks for racial conversation, for breaking down more barriers. Do not be afraid to break down barriers. Everybody is not going to like what you say. Everybody is not going to like what they hear, even black people, because they don't want to mess up the moolah. Integrity versus money. Go listen to the, go listen to the episode back. You know, last week. Keep that same energy when you are on the front line protesting, when you are in work. Keep that same energy, people. All right? All right. So, man, this was a great, great, great um, episode. I love this episode. Um, yeah, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter, uh, TOB Podcast. That is TOB, double underscore, two underscores, P-O-D-C-A. Uh, ST. Make sure you follow us and then follow us on Facebook as well. All of our content posts to our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages. Um, we, I, well, I will be in New York. I will be in New York. Um, damn, I forgot. Um, Lowe's, I, I, I had a brain fart. Lowe's, oh my God. So I'll be in New York this, um, this past and uh, this, this upcoming weekend from uh, the 28th to March 3rd. Um, it is my brother's birthday, Patrick. Uh, it'll be his birthday this week. So shout out to him. Happy birthday. Big 2-5 homeboy. You're the big 2-5 homeboy. So um, we're going to New York. And any potential collaborations um, from any podcasters, um, let me know. Uh, like I said, I'll be recording my show out there. If you want to come on the show and, and you know speak a little truth or whatnot, you want to talk a little shit, come on the podcast. Let me know. Um, just make sure you email us at the opinionated brother 
uh, podcast at gmail.com. That is T-H-E-O-P-I-N-I-O-A-T-E-D-B-R-U-H-T-H-A-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. All right. So make sure you email us if you want to uh, potentially be a uh, guest host on the show. Um, and yeah, I'm excited, man. This is my first time going to New York uh, ever. So I'm, I'm, I'm super excited, super, super, super happy. I'm about to be super touristy. Um, so if any of my podcast brothers and sisters would like to jump on the pod, let me know. I'll hit you all up with the details. All right. I love you guys. First podcast coming in March in the NYC. I'm so excited. I will see y'all back next week in New York. I love y'all. Peace out.